Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We are in store for a very, very special episode today, a three-peat performance of my extraordinary guest. Mm -hmm. Reading a proper bio would take 15 minutes, so bear with my highlights reel. Over a 45-year career, he's been a CEO for 13 years, notably leading at the Boeing Company and the Ford Motor Company. Educated with a master's in aeronautical and astronautical engineering at the University of Kansas with a master's in management from MIT, he was promoted to CEO of Boeing Commercial Airplanes. In 2006, when Ford was losing $17 billion, yes, $17 billion, none other than Bill Ford courted him to, and I don't say this lightly, save Ford. That universe was hundreds of thousands of employees and stakeholders. When you consider all the customers, car dealerships, unions, suppliers, investors, and communities whose futures were at stake. From 2006 to 2014, he led a storybook transformation. Here are key metrics. Customer satisfaction improved from 35 to 93% positive. Ford stock appreciated 1,837%. Ford became America's number one automobile brand. No surprise, he's been highly recognized for his contributions to industry and service to our country and the world, including being named number three on Fortune's World's Greatest Leaders, one of the 30 world's best CEOs by Barron's Magazine, one of the world's most influential people by Time Magazine, Chief Executive of the Year by Chief Executive Magazine, serving on President Obama's U.S. Export Council, the leader of the future by the Francis Hesselbein Leadership Institute in 2006, the list goes on and on. He currently serves on the boards of Google, Carbon 3D, and Mayo Clinic. My guest is also an accomplished athlete, a gymnast, and tennis player, both sports I have participated in, though not nearly at his caliber. And I haven't covered the most exceptional part, which is my guest as a human being and roles as friend, mentor, and advisor, being a loyal husband, cherished father of five, adoring grandfather of five, and a doting son and sibling are most defining. A key part of his success in life is his leadership, humility, love, and service. Without further ado, a warm welcome to my friend and idol, Alan Mullally. Alan, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Oh, Molly, what a what a great uh, a great introduction. Uh, a couple of comments about that is that uh, everybody needs to know that you are a fabulous tennis player. The last time we played in New York City, I had to crawl back to my hotel because I was so, so uh, worn out. So uh, one other thing, when you mentioned uh, being the world's uh, third best leader, people always ask me, well, what do you think about that, Alan? Does that make you feel bad? And I said, absolutely not. Uh, the, The Pope was number one, and I'm still trying to get to heaven like everybody else. So it's really, really great to be with you. I uh, I can't overstate how much I feel the exact same way. And especially because we wanted to dedicate this episode to our beloved and brilliant leader, Francis Hesselbein, who passed in December 2022 at 107 years young. And she taught us, Alan, that our work 
is our love made visible. And that's really the spirit of our conversation today. Uh, You know, another neat thing about what you just said is that one another thing that she really believes in is that who you are as a person uh, is going to have more to do with your leadership service and contribution than anything else. And I think that's uh, a really neat part about what you're teaching and coaching. Well, I appreciate it. I've got uh, big footsteps to just try to sort of keep up with. So I'm grateful for both you and Francis's amazing role modeling. Uh, we all uh, subscribe to this mantra, be the change you want to see in the world. And today is all about helping listeners around the world appreciate your working together leadership and management system. And this underpins all the results your organizations have delivered. And it's a compelling vision, a comprehensive strategy, and it's a relentless implementation plan to create value for all stakeholders and the greater good, which we'll learn more about. And over your career, Alan, you've honed this blueprint for organizations, any size, any scope to bring uh, really best bring your talent together and work well together. So say it skillfully is fundamental to your working together leadership and management system. So we have some questions in store for you if you're ready to go. Ready to go. Okay. So Alan, you have brilliantly served your family, Boeing, Ford, communities all around our world in such a positive way for so many years. And just share with us your working together leadership formation, the development and service journey. Well, that that's a really uh, interesting uh, way to start, uh, Molly, because uh, I never um, ever talked about myself. And when when you mentioned uh, Francis, uh, Francis approached me one time and she said, Alan, uh, we're writing a book called uh, Work is Love Made Visible. And we'd like to write for you to write the forward to it. And we're going to have all these thought uh, leaders in the book and and you could really set the stage for, for all the messages in the book. And I said, well, what would I write about in the in the forward? And she said, well, everybody knows who you are uh, and they also know what you've done, but they don't know how and why you became who you are. And so they would like to know that. And I said, Francis, I never talk about myself. And she goes, exactly. That's why we want you to talk about that because who you are has more to do with your success than all of us uh, than anything else. So uh, I sat down and I started to write the forward and I never had done that. And oh, and I also said to her, uh, Molly, I said, so where do you want me to start on that? She said, when you were born. I said, you were really? And so I started writing it down and I started to enjoy it because I had never done that. Uh, and so I ended up with like three pages later, and this is in the Work is Love Made Visible uh, book for everybody. It's the first time I've ever shared my story. And a, a couple of things that that I uh, I shared that I'd never had shared before was that just my relationship with my parents and their uh, and their uh, influence on me, and also Dr. Uh, Reverend Turner. Uh, and uh, every day, uh, my, my mom, I was getting ready to go to school, my mom would say things like, now, honey, remember what the purpose of life is. And I'd go, oh, yeah, mom, it's to love and be loved. And she said, that's good, honey, but remember, in that order. Oh, okay, thanks, mom. Then the next day, my dad would say, as I was getting ready to go to school, now, uh, remember, honey, to serve is to live. Thanks, Dad. Next day, seek to understand, honey, before you seek to be understood. 
another one working together with others, you can make the most positive contribution to the most people. Expect the unexpected and expect to deal with it positively. Lifelong learning and continuous improvement. Uh, respect everyone. We're all creatures of God and worthy to be respected and loved. I develop an integrated life that is your life's work. The one that I'll never forget, Molly, is, honey, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. So you can imagine uh, what this meant to me because we didn't have any, uh, we have very few resources, but we had this tremendous love uh, from our parents and they were great examples and they lived uh, these principles and practices and values. And so I, all I wanted was a pair of Levi's and, and some Weijin shoes and, and maybe a car someday. And I grew up in Lawrence, Kansas, where the University of Kansas is. And I thought, God, you know, it's my window to the world. I got a chance to meet all of the, the students. My parents would bring them over for Christmas and, and Thanksgiving so they, when they couldn't go home around the world. And I couldn't get enough of how fabulous they were and to learn about them uh, from around the world. And so uh, I figured out that, well, what my parents taught me, that's my key, it's service. So I went to work on every possible job you could ever imagine, my my paper route, my lawn mowing business, my TV guide route, uh, working at the Dillon's grocery store, checking, bagging, uh, the night manager, uh, construction, uh, working on the ranch, working on the farm, helping all my professors all the way through college uh, as an assistant to them with with their classwork and solving uh, all of their uh, scoring and stuff. And, and so uh, at the end of the day, uh, to your point, it, it was all about humility, love and service. And I, and I just learned so much about working with others to create value for everyone and the greater good. And then I was so fortunate that my uh, thesis advisor had just come from Boeing and he took me out to Seattle introduced me to all the Boeing people. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was the coolest place I'd ever been. I'd always loved uh, physics uh, and math and art and especially airplanes. And so I was, I just couldn't believe it. And I was very fortunate to uh, be asked to join uh, Boeing. And I had a chance to serve there for 37 years. And I was on the design team of every Boeing airplane. The 707, the 727, I like to go slowly. The 737, the 747, the 757, the 767. And then they asked me to serve as the uh, uh, leader of uh, engineering and all the design for the 777 airplane, the considered to be the, the finest uh, commercial airplane in the world. And then when I was a CEO of Boeing, then we launched the 787. And if you look at all the seats that are flying today, uh, 70% of all the seats that are flying around the world are in Boeing airplanes. So clearly, if it's not an, a, a Boeing airplane, you shouldn't be going. So, and then uh, then I get a call from Bill Ford, the great grandson of Henry Ford. I'm going, whoa. And if, you, uh, if you're talking or lis- listening or interfacing with Ford, you're so excited because of the, of the innovation and creativity and the service to provide safe and efficient uh, car and truck transportation. And so at the end of the day, uh, I accepted his, his request to join them to help save for it. As you said, their, 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 uh, their profit uh, forecast for 
the year uh, when I joined was $17 billion loss. And four months later, Molly, we achieved that. So this was not a forecast accuracy. We we needed a different vision strategy and plan for to get back, get forward back to their fantastic leadership. So at the end of the day, I, I made that transition because uh, I was I felt I was being asked to serve a second American and global icon. And clearly, uh, Boeing and Ford were the reason that we uh, made it through World War II uh, because we all supported uh, our country uh, together. So uh, as you pointed out, it was it was a great experience. And we ended up uh, with Ford being the number one brand in the United States and the fastest growing brand uh, around the world. So that's my, my formation uh, between who I am as a person, but also then being able to uh, serve at Boeing to combine one of the most sophisticated uh, design and manufacturing companies in the world with my uh, values and behaviors as a person. And that's how we develop the working together management system that you described so accurately. Uh, it's just a storybook. I, uh, before we get to the working together principles and practices, I want to ask you so that listeners can appreciate that even the mighty Allen had struggles and some hard times. So as a kid, or through through your career, Alan, just share a bit about what was hard for you, what maybe you struggled with, um, because I know that those struggles, while they're painful at the time, and I don't wish them on anyone, are really where our greatest sources of growth. Well, I think the, the one that uh, was a struggle, but also was a tremendous education for me, was fitting in because of the lack of resources that we had uh, as a family. And uh, even when I started to appreciate the value uh, of of, uh, working and serving, and the fact that people would then pay me for supporting them, I go, whoa, I mean, this is all coming together. I can remember, uh, you know, getting these tremendous uh, 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 amounts of money from the people when I would sack their groceries in the in the rain and the snow and everything. And then when I became a checker in the Dillon's grocery store, one time uh, my uh, the leader of the grocery store saw one of the customers coming through that was giving me money. And he walked over to the people that were giving me money and they said, are you really giving Alan money? Why are you doing that? And they said, well, we're giving it to him for his service. Uh, and he said, for checking you guys out? And he said, well, yes, but he also asked us, you know, did we find everything we want? Did we have the coupons for the things we're on service? We're on sale today. And so we really like his service. So on one hand, that was fabulous. On the other hand, I was still trying to fit in and become one with everybody. Well, what happened is the more I developed uh, these values, these beliefs, these behaviors, then the more that I ended up being accepted and appreciated uh, by others. But you can imagine at the time uh, that that was uh, very tough and I had to stay so focused on developing uh, these characteristics uh, as a person and a leader. Yeah, kudos to you, Alan, too. I call that finding finding your true north, staying true to yourself, right? And it's especially as a young person, there's a lot of ways we can go. There's a lot of things dangling out there and 
credit to you and obviously to your parents uh awesome upbringing for you to be able to believe enough in yourself and what you thought was right to really stick with it and that's uh, that's well said exactly that i think that's something that all of us uh have the opportunity to commit to uh and it kind of gets back to uh, doing the right thing for the greater good every time because we're all human beings. We all want to grow. We all want to be appreciated. And we also all want to serve. And so I think uh, there's a tremendous opportunity uh, to commit to those behaviors. Yeah. Well, let's go into this because the working together principles and practices are really the underpinning for helping you know us come together and do our best work together. So please share those with us. Well, absolutely. And I know that you uh, know these well yourself. And so it's kind of, it's really fun to share for you and I to share them together with, with everybody. But the working together, uh, we've always used the word working together because it was people working together to create value for all the stakeholders and the greater good. And so these are the principles and practices, but they also create a connected culture of love by design. So as a designer, uh, this is what we designed. We designed a system that has an operating process. And then we also have very clear expected behaviors where zero tolerance for violating the process and the behaviors, because this culture uh, further enhances and nurtures a skilled, healthy, safe, and incentivized and motivated teams. And so here are some of the key ones that that uh, really make this work. The first one, listen to this. People first, love them up. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Because, and why do we, why is that so important, that principle? Well, when you're creating a 777, you have 600, 700,000 people around the world working on that design. And they've committed their life to it, all their technical skills, their emotional skills. And so, Every time you see everybody, love them up, appreciate them, thank them, because that's how this is all getting done, including their commitment to work together uh, very closely and efficiently. Include everyone, all the stakeholders. So not just the customers, but the employees, the, the uh, all your suppliers, uh, the investors, the communities in which you operate, all the certification agencies around the world. You can imagine that we include all of them. That's why every Boeing airplane has been so successful because it was created in the marketplace, including all of the stakeholders. And then you pointed this out, most important thing, a compelling vision, a comprehensive strategy for achieving it and relentless implementation for implementing it. Clear performance goals, having one plan like the Ford plan, uh, because most businesses have many plans and we're all wondering what the plan is. Facts and data, they set you free. Facts and data, we, we care what you think. We love your opinion. But will you please share us the facts and data that you're looking at so that when we do have an issue, then we can work together with confidence, knowing what you know, to be able to turn the reds to yellows to greens. So that brings us to the reds, yellows, and greens. And that is, Expect the unexpected and expect to deal with it. That means that all the change that's going on, those are opportunities. That's not something to be afraid of. And so every week, every member of our team in the business plan review 
could start out with sharing what's going on in the world in their area of expertise. And so we were never surprised over those 45 years. Lots of change. And then whenever we see a change, then we look at that as an opportunity in addition to managing it as a risk when required. And so everyone needs to know that plan. They need to know the status. They need to know the areas that need special attention. Very few companies share everything, including the finances, the technical issues, because they, they're kind of embarrassed. They think they're a failure. No, we need to know everything so that we can pull together all that talent in a timely manner to turn the red, yellows, greens. And the color coding, every business plan review, that leader in every area, engineering, manufacturing, procurement, communications, they would, on their chart, their five or six charts, that they'd show every week, we have a business plan review. It takes, uh, you know, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And that red means that they have a new issue, but they don't have a solution yet. And so you can imagine that we're all ready that as we learn more about it, and next week we're going to make progress on it because we're all going to work together to turn to red seals and greens. The next one is, these are really important about uh, us as human beings. Propose a plan, positive, find a way attitude. Positive mindsets are key. There's no way to create and innovate and not expect the unexpected and expect to deal with it. And so doing that with a positive, find a way uh, attitude is really important. We need everybody, respect each other, listen to each other, help each other appreciate each other. You notice, Molly, these are very sophisticated words, very sophisticated. They are all things that we can see. They are behaviors because it's so important that we follow these behaviors in addition to following the process. Emotional resilience, uh, that principle and practice means trust the process. You don't, you don't have to recover from it. People always ask me, how do you sleep at night when you're creating a a new commercial airplane that has has four million parts that flies halfway around the world and safe and efficiently and the fuel efficiency and the reliability the maintainability well i sleep really well at night we just had a business plan review the day before the entire team worldwide knows everything the greens the yellows the reds and i can, and it's the most important thing for all of us is go home get some sleep come back with your positive can-do attitude and we're going to make this happen the last one molly is have fun, enjoy the journey and each other. Every morning, every night, Molly, I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, the people I've had a chance to work with just like you and the, and the work that we've done together for the greater good, incredible. Now, one caveat, never a joke ever at anybody else's expense. And the reason is the jokes are never funny. And so when it, comes, when it comes to working together, uh, it's really dangerous because if you don't feel comfortable and you're concerned that you're going to be a, a subject of a joke or, or humor, then you're going to be very hesitant and careful to share what the real situation is because you're not red or naming an issue that's red. Thank you. That's your area of responsibility. You know the most about it and you're sharing that with us so that we all can work together. So you can imagine... This safe, this very safe, psychologically safe, safe in every way environment is so important to working together because what we're about is creating value, profitably growing the company 
for the value for the for the benefit of all the stakeholders that are participating and the greater good. So those are the key uh, working together principles and practices uh, that creates a connected culture of love by design uh, of our working together system. It's music to my ears and everyone out there is thinking, we want that, we want that. It's (laughs) so simple in its essence. So simple, right, Alan? Not necessarily so easy, not necessarily so easy. So just talk with us about, you know, how exactly, you know, it sounds great on paper. How do organizations develop this uh, with their leaders, with engaging everybody to be pulling together in such a powerful way? Really, really important uh, question because there's so much written as, as we know uh, about uh, the leadership and the behaviors and the values and the beliefs and and but in addition to that, the most important thing is how do you do it? A disciplined way of doing it that everybody can understand and everybody can commit to. And if it doesn't work for you, it's okay. I mean, you this doesn't work for you, and we wish you the very best. And we'll try to find a job where. You're going to not have the influence that we need from every positive influence we need from everybody. So the management system has five components. Uh, the first one is what we just talked about. And that's the principles and practices, starting with that vision, strategy, and a plan. Then the next is the governance process, where it's so important that the board of directors uh, and the leadership team are absolutely committed to the working together a management system, because if they're not, it's very tough for the organization uh, to implement it by itself. And of course, the next one, the third one is the leadership team. And the leadership team, uh, as Peter Drucker and Francis Hesselbein tried to explain to us following the Industrial Revolution is that this is not about command and control, being the smartest people in the room, telling everybody what to do because everybody else doesn't know. No. Remember Peter Drucker tried to tell everybody, oh my gosh, all your employees are going to college now. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Well, the, the higher up you are in the organization, the, the bigger the opportunity is that everybody that's working for you is smarter than you in their area of expertise. And so what is your really role now? It's nurturing, nurturing this working together environment and loving them up and coaching and facilitating, which you, as an example, is very good at. You're very good at this. And so all the leaders, that's that's a whole new thing for them to move in that direction of becoming great coaches and great facilitators of this system. And of course, every member of that leadership team, uh, leading with humility, love, service, courage, uh, discipline, resilience, civility, authenticity, positive mindsets, and creating a psychologically safe environment. So it's very clear for the leadership team what their real role is. Now you can you imagine, can you imagine how neat it is for them when they get good at that? And everybody's helping everybody do that. And then of course the biggest, the biggest responsibility of that leader and the leadership team is to hold themselves and the team and all of the stakeholders responsible and accountable 
are following the working together operating process and the working together expected behaviors with zero tolerance for violating. And so uh, if somebody is violating that, they're not paying attention, they're looking at their at their, uh, at their phones or their computers and they're not paying attention, they're not listening, or they go after somebody and not in an uncivil way, then we just stop the meeting. We have this written down on a little piece of paper and it has a, uh, it has a card that has uh, the, the business plan on the front side, has a working together procedures that we're talking about and expected behaviors on the back. And we just stop the meeting and say, would you like to start again on that? Instead of going after somebody in a, in a mean way. And 90% of the time, all the leaders start to move in that direction of moving from I to we and me to service. So no matter what their beliefs are, no matter what their values are, their behaviors lead them to continuously improving those values and those behaviors. So the next one we talked about is the creating value roadmap. And that is, that's the strategy. And it includes the product, the process, the people, and it's all, all in the, in the context of our working together management system. And then the last one is the business plan review. Molly, every week, I haven't, so the kids keep kept track of this. In 40, uh, in 47 years, I missed uh, 12 business plan reviews at Boeing and Ford. And I'm traveling all around the world. We're with the kids. The kids couldn't get enough of them. We call in. They wanted to see the colors change between the reds, the yellows, the greens, so the red. They love watching the people work together and help each other. And so that business plan review, every week we go through the, the vision, the strategy, the plan, the areas need special attention. And then we have separate meetings uh, during the month that we work on the, on the issues that need special attention. So that one meeting includes everything about managing the business, product, process, people, everything. And then, of course, uh, the focus is on are we nurturing this connected culture of love by design? And so and the, and the result is that we're always comparing the plan, looking five years out on profitable growth and profits equals revenue times margins. So our entire team and all the stakeholders are working on the revenue side, which is making products and services that people want and value. But simultaneously, as we grow, working on the productivity and the efficiency, the margins, and revenue times margins equals profits, and great companies will improve their uh, revenue uh, by a seven to eight to 10% compound annual growth rate. Same thing on the margins at 1.07 times 1.07 to 1.15. And the profits will grow at 15% a year. The cash flow will follow. The stock price will follow. And all of the stakeholders all around the world are benefiting and they're happy. And we wonder why this works. That's why it works. Because when, when you're creating value for all the stakeholders and the greater good, plus if you're not and you're not profitably growing, then you're dying and you can't make it okay for all the stakeholders. So where everything that we're talking about Every every week, every month, every quarter, every year, we're looking at the results, which tell us tells us exactly what we need to work on even more on that creating value roadmap. So that's how we do it. I love it. This is 
harnessing the power of us. Harnessing the power of us is how I'd summarize it. The five uh, parts of this leadership and management system, just to recap for folks, the principles and the practices, the governance piece, the leadership team, the creating value roadmap or strategy, and then this business plan review to bring it to life every single week. Yeah. So Absolutely. let's talk about, and I want to get back to the key principle and practices that people first, it is so easy to say, oh, we're all about the people, people first. We love the people. And we can say that, but we know Alan, that that can often not be so easy to put into practice and to really think about the who we are and how we work together before we start dealing into the, the tasks and activities. Talk about, you know, the, it starts with the leaders, just share, you know, you've had to, I'm sure, go through and figure out the teams and the people who really have this at their heart, because you need, you know, this tribe to believe to be able to drive change. Because I'm going to say for most folks they are not working this way, exactly, right? And if they wanted to, it seems that really coming together and gelling with a small group of really committed people would might be a way to start it out. Well, the neatest thing about that question uh, and the answer is the clarity of those principles and practices. When you when you see everything that's on there, you can see. So look at the propose a plan, positive, find a way attitude. Well, you're either acting that way or not. Can you choose to do that? Absolutely. Can you even get better at it? Yes, we'll get you a coach. The members of the team will help you. You go after somebody or you're negative. Well, we'll we'll stop and, and talk to you or we'll go see you. And can you imagine if you know, see that that's coaching because you're using the feedback to help them move forward, respect each other. Oh, I'll be darned. Respect each other. What does that mean? Well, they're human beings and you need to respect them and appreciate them. Listen to them. Oh, really? Actively listen to them? What do you mean? You really want to understand what they think? No kidding. Think of you're sitting around that table. You have engineering, manufacturing, procurement, legal, uh, you have everybody there and you need to know what they're thinking. You want to know what they're thinking. You don't take your eyes off of them and you're not going to be doing something else that, that's not paying attention. Help each other. Well, really, see that these behaviors, they're not abstract. They are so clear that when you're sitting there, and oh, and by the way, these principles and practices are on the wall all around the room. So, you know, like, if, so I just, can you imagine if, if you're going after somebody and, and you're not civil and uh, and I stop the meeting and I look at you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what you would do? Well, you, here's what you do. You would stop doing it. And then if you needed help, you probably ask us as soon as the meeting was over, can you have, and, and of course, you get so tight because you're meeting every week. You, you're you becoming very tight. And so it's very easy to give each other feedback in a positive way. And so I can remember uh, a couple of times where I had to, I had to follow up uh, with a leader on the team and I'd go up to their office and I'd say, well, so how did that go today? You went after that person and you're very aggressive and it, it wasn't civil at all. And did you notice the reaction of all the rest of the team? Did you notice that the conversation kind of stopped? Oh yeah, Alan, I know it. And I, I, but I don't know whether I can adopt these behaviors. I mean, I've, I've been command and control. I'm very effective at beating people up and, 
Uh, I've been uh, promoted. I've been rewarded. I don't know whether I can do it. And I, what I said to him, uh, Molly, was, uh, "It's okay. I understand, and it's okay. And he looked at me, and he said, oh, you mean I'm so important that I can treat people that way? And I don't have to. I, I said, but remember why we're doing this. We need their hearts and their minds. This is, we're competing against the best in the world. This is profitable growth. This is innovation and creativity. We need everybody. He said, oh, I know, but I don't know whether I can do it. I said, well, it's okay. He said, oh, but it's okay that I keep doing this because I'm so important. I said, no, not quite. What I mean by that is that you're making a decision that this doesn't work for you. And it's okay. We still love you. That first principle was love them up. You're a human being. We love you up. And But I want you to go home tonight. And I suggest you talk to the people that you love and they love you and explain the situation that you need to make a decision about whether you stay or not. And oh, and by the way, I want you to come back in the morning and tell me your decision because I can't guess what you're going to do. And if you want coaching, you want help from all of us and get you, and also a coach, we'll get you that. I think you'll love it moving in this direction. But if not, it's okay. And we still love you. And only, uh, maybe two or three people over the years have actually left. And the rest, after that conversation, they selected a coach or they just committed to move in this direction. Everybody helped them and they became the best leaders. Out of all of those t- people on the team at Ford, uh, over 70% of them uh, after I left were also uh, recruited and offered jobs by the senior levels by other companies because People absolutely value working together leaders and they want them so much. It's so, it's just so obvious to me. And, um, and I would think that people conceptually would want to do it and they might really try at it, but sometimes it just doesn't stick or work for them. What has been your experience, Alan, when this hasn't worked? Well, um, individually like that, uh, you make your decisions and we move on. And so it just gets better and better and better. Can you imagine uh, one of the first people that chose to leave? Everybody is watching that on the team. Can you imagine the impact on them? Oh, he's serious about this. This is the way we're going to operate. And plus, these are fundamental values. I don't care what religion you have around the world. This is all based on appreciating and respecting and loving humanity. And so this is not a hard thing to do. And the the first thing that you decide, when you decide to operate this way, look what happens to you. You start feeling and you're successful. You start feeling how powerful and how wonderful this feels to be able to contribute uh, and the satisfaction of meaningful contribution. There's nothing like it, as you well know. Yeah. It underpins the highest performing teams. And for those who have had really that privilege of being on the super high-performing teams. You remember everybody's name. You remember kind of who moved what, how. You remember all the tough stuff that you slog through. And what you've outlined is what gives you that ability to come through those really hard, sometimes dark times and really be better, you know, and and it's, um, it's just a joy. And I know that you've had more than your fair share. What, um, what would you just say to why, you know, why isn't perhaps this more normative? Why don't more organizations work this way? What makes it hard for them? Well, I think 
the world is is gradually moving in this direction, but it's very slow. You know, one of the most positive things uh, in the U.S. was the business roundtable uh, changing the definition of economic development to include all the stakeholders, not just the shareholders. Now, think what that means to what we're just talking about. That means we're going to include everybody. So everybody's going to benefit because we're creating value for the greater good, including all the stakeholders. So I think that, you know, we're still kind of recovering from the industrial revolution and it's going to continue to take time, but you know, it's going to move in this direction because you need the hearts and the minds of all the talent, the people that compete in an ever increasingly competitive uh, world. So, uh, I'm very, very optimistic that this is going to uh, continue to move in this direction. I love it. I, um, I was, uh, want, I want viewers to really appreciate it. I was talking to some folks in a classic bigger financial services company where you might be inclined to say, it's always been this way. It's never going to change. And I, I just looked them straight in the eye and I said, you know, you are the change that, that you want to be in the world. And I want everyone listening to realize that you really matter. Absolutely. wherever you are in the food chain and you can stand for that and you know to have the courage to do that don't be surprised when other people join you because they know that that's the right way to go and they do want to serve the greater good so i want to empower people who who thinking i want to be this way well you know what? you can be this way and we'll be sharing materials to help people do just that um, right. alan we we have to segue because you are renowned for how you say it skillfully, your dedication and commitment and abilities in this arena are unmatched. And, you know, we can hear it in how you express and, and how skillful you are in your interaction. So you have to help us, please. How did this come to be? Well, you're absolutely right. And you think about this, uh, it's all based on communication and it's all based on respecting each other. And so when you, the best thing about uh, saying it skillfully is that creating this culture enables you to have what you need to know to do your job and make your contribution. Well, now for you to be effective, saying it skillfully and respecting people and listening to them is a natural part of it. So everybody, they don't even realize that they're doing this, uh, but they are continually improving their communication ability. And then they have some people like you, Molly, who kind of tell them about doing that. And, and you think about everything that you teach people, and it's all about respecting them, listening to them, seeking to understand before you seek to be understood, and then loving them up and moving in a positive direction. So saying it skillfully is key for every participant, every participant in this world. I don't care whether it's just your, it's your occupation life your family life or your spiritual life or your community life yet you want you want to have one authentic human being where you can be you in all the aspects of your life yeah i i found that in this whole say it's skillfully has really at the essence is to really be in good relationship with your own self to be who you really are to know who you really are and that's a journey folks folks listening it is not a red carpet to that and we're all organic changing beings in every moment, there's a new me. And so that ability to be able to express in a way and to be grounded in why you're doing it 
you're doing it to really serve the greater good. You're really doing it for great intention, not to be right or prove someone else is wrong. Well, now listen um, to what you just said. What, what's the vehicle enable you to do that? You're working together in management system. You have to follow it. And right. so you have to follow it or you don't. And then when you follow it, then you learn that immediately. It doesn't take very many weeks. And you know exactly how to say it skillfully. Yeah, it's part and parcel. You know, one word on the uh, one thought on the word respect, and I think that's an opportunity area for teams to be skillful around how do we perceive respect and to be open hearted. And, you know, just to because for some people, what they think respect is might not be what the other person thinks and not to make someone right or wrong, but for a group to align on what are the respectful behaviors um, and and to, to have people have a chance to talk about that can be really power, powerful. So just offer that to teams out there that that can be a starting point for having real conversations. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you, again, keep going back to what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to work together to create something that we can't do by ourselves. And so by definition, you need every person, every person that you've asked to join you on this journey. And so the most important thing is they feel needed, wanted, appreciated. They get feedback uh, uh, positively in, in areas that they help them continually to improve their effectiveness. And so uh, it is fabulous uh, for everybody because by definition, you think of every principles and practice that I shared with you, that is a definition and an example of respecting every person. Think about sharing everybody with everybody what the issues are. I mean, people, organizations don't do that. So what do you think that means to us to have the organization share that and the leaders share what's going on? I mean, that's a, they're doing that for us. They respect us as human beings because we need to know that so we can work together to accomplish our compelling vision. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, um, I want to just read these again because we went through them. I'm going to share this with folks, but just to land for people, people first, love them up. Everyone is included. Compelling vision, comprehensive strategy, and relentless implementation, clear performance goals, one plan, facts and data, expect the unexpected and expect to deal with it. Everyone knows the plan, the status in areas that need special attention. Propose a plan, positive, find a way attitude. Respect, listen, help and appreciate each other. Emotional resilience, trust the process. And lastly, have fun, enjoy the journey and each other. Folks, writing those down, I'll share it with you too, but these are the way to go. Um, at, at the human most human level, Alan, I think the word that comes to mind for me about you is authenticity just the real deal and you can't help it. So share with us what this means, you know, why it's important to you. I mean, I just think this is a very important, uh, it's just, it's just who you are. <laughs> I think it's, I think that's neat the way you said you can't help it. <laughs> no kidding. The neat thing about authenticity is you have one being and you have one doing and they're the same. And so the neatest thing about the word authentic is it's one of the simplest words in a dictionary. In most dictionaries, you look up a word and it has multiple meanings. But here's a definition of authentic. So straightforward and so powerful. It's an alignment between your beliefs, 
your values, and your behaviors. That's it. Oh, I'll be darned. An alignment. Oh, you mean that's who you are? That's what you believe? That's what those are your values? And it's all manifests itself with the behaviors that everybody can see? That shows everybody what your beliefs and your values are? Because of your behaviors? And, and so now you are one person. So you think about all the different aspects of your life. You're authentic now, meaning that you can be who you are, whether it's your occupation, whether it's your family, whether it's your community, your friends, you are one. We just wish this for everyone because it is a place of peace. It's a place of great peace, right? Which is not, you know, this perfection and, you know, this journey of becoming more self-aware. I always say you have to have your own self-compassion grow too, because you'll just be knocking yourself for all the things you see about yourself, but having true inner peace. And when you carry that, that's just is the biggest gift for anyone else, right? Because I think it gives them permission to be who they are. Absolutely. Well said. Beautiful. So we have to, you know, you've done all this. And you have these five amazing kids and grandkids and this amazing wife. So you're known for work-life balance. And, you know, for sure, this doesn't just happen magically, Alan. So be real about this. <laughs> Talk to us about how you've done this. Well, first of all, I love the way you're asking the question. And I, it took me a while to, because I kept wondering, what in the world does that mean? People say, I would like to talk about, or I'd like to understand work-life balance. Really? Like work is different than life? Huh. That's interesting. Isn't it part of life? Isn't it one aspect of life? Aren't there other aspects of life besides work? And and so, early, and I learned this early on from my parents. Remember that? Have one integrated life? One integrated life. Meaning, that and if all you have to do, all you have to do is make a circle and then put some circles inside where they all touch each other. And then in your view, and each one of those circles in the middle, write down an aspect of your life. So one's going to be occupation. Another's going to be family. Another one's going to be spiritual. Another one's going to be community. Another one's going to be personal. Whatever you want to, however you want to do that. And then they're all interfacing with each other. And then you got to circle around all of them. And so now up at the top of it, put one life. On the bottom of the circle, put life's work. I'll be darned. And so how do I how do I have an integrated life? Look at your calendar every day. I mean, look at every one of those and, and assess with the people that are involved. How are you doing on that? Did you say your family was important? Did you say your community is important or your occupation? Well, Ask people, self-awareness, find out how you're doing on that. How do you think about it? How do others think about it? Then you can decide, look at your calendar, make sure that you're spending time and your commitment, whatever, on the things that you think are important. Now, here's the thing neat about this, because it's not a work-life balance anymore. It's one life, and it's your life's work. Now, think about the word work. See, the work now applies to every aspect of your life, because you're working on it. Work's a positive thing. It's a neat thing. And so now, what is your love? 
your love for yourself and everybody else is what you're working on. So you're demonstrating to everybody and yourself, your work is your life made visible. Made, I mean, your work is your love made visible. And so now back to authentic, you have one life and it's clear to everybody that what you're working on and all your work service is your love made visible. And so back to your point earlier about talk about peace, you become one. So I, I would suggest that, uh, that, we all continue to think about how to move from work-life balance to one integrated life of work and service for the greater good. And we get a chance now to show everybody what our, that our love and what, and it's visible now. This is just how the world's going to be so much better. And this is why we're so optimistic. Okay. We could go on and on. Let's do a little wrap, some reflection. Um, Alan, you have accomplished so much. Professionally, what are you most proud of? The, the results of the service. Because uh, to serve is to live. Um, I absolutely believe that. Uh, you know, Francis was a, one of the best examples of that. My parents and all my friends, uh, just like you. And at the end of the day, uh, the satisfaction of seeing what it means to accomplish things that benefit the greater good is unbelievable. Can you imagine how it feels to have helped create the, all the commercial airplanes in the world that were, were getting people together before the, we even had the internet? And so people could find out that we have more in common as human beings and we're different and we could choose to work together for the greater good. I mean, uh, it's, it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, so uh, everything, everything starts uh, with serving uh, others in the greater good and makes you feel so there's nothing better that you could do to contribute. Amazing. Your parents started with them. If you had the chance, Alan, what would you say to your mom and dad? Well, I have done it the whole time that they were <laughs> with me because my mom has everything that was in the paper was written. She had a copy of it. She, 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 every time I went home, she would set me down and go through book after book of, of all of the articles and stuff and tell me how, um, how pleased and proud she was and what else could she do to uh, share with me or, or whatever, uh, to help. And so, um, uh, the biggest thing was to get a chance to say uh, thank you and love you over and over again. And um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You have an amazing clan now. What do you wish for your children and your grandchildren? Well, the same thing is uh, the purpose of life is to love and be loved in that order. And we actually do a version of the business plan review with our family, Molly. I mean, every week we have a family meeting. I try to convince Nikki, my wife of 30, 53 years, that we should call it. Uh, I said, we need to have a, a business plan review every Sunday with all of these kids, seven people in our family. She said, honey, this is not Boeing. This is our family. So the next week I came back and said, okay, Nikki, let's do a family meeting every week. And so 
we did. We come back from church and everybody put everything away, including the parents. And we and then we do our, our laundry. They bring it all down and we sort, sort it all together. And they bring the calendars down. We go through the week that's coming up and how we're going to help each other. And and then we go through the principles and practices and how uh, coaching each other and how we could help. And I, as I got older and, and we'd get together twice a year for our family reunions and and sometimes, well, every meeting, they start laughing and telling these stories about the family meeting, all the things that went on. And I thought, maybe they didn't enjoy them sometimes. And so I asked them one time, I said, so what, if you didn't really enjoy our family meetings, our working together, why did you come in there to every meeting and never miss one? They said, well, Dad, you remember what the last agenda item was in our family meeting? I said, no, I don't. They said, well, you passed out the allowances. Oh. <laughs> you got it in the right order, Alan. Alan, you started off by telling us how you've just never talked about yourself. Not something that you do. Are you? How are you feeling about that? Are you feeling better about sharing of yourself with us? Yes, I, I'm okay uh, <laughs> with it. Uh, and the reason I'm okay that people share with me that they learn from it, and so uh, it meets my service criteria. Because um, a lot of people, when they're sharing about themselves, they're, they're not doing it for service. Uh, this Because it's about them. They haven't moved from I to we and from me to service. And so I'm still very sensitive about it. And But I know now, just like the conversation I had with, of having with you, uh, you have moved clearly from I to I to we and me to service. And so um, your appreciation of how to even serve even better is fabulous. And so if that helps of, of sharing, then then I'm okay. But it, it took me it took me a while. I just want to acknowledge you and appreciate you and tell you how proud I am of you going there because I know it's not a natural act. And your being generous of yourself really serves. And I share that with uh, folks listening too. A lot of you are maybe sheepish about sharing. We can't, you, people can't be led by you if they don't know. And so I, I want to thank you for doing that. Folks, uh, Alan has compiled a top notch list of reference materials that I'm going to share. And I'm just going to implore everyone, please, please, please take full advantage and I'll include them. And then Alan, you know, I'm just cheering for you, <laughs> my friend. I, I want to thank you for being part of the solution. You are the epitome of authenticity within um, saying it skillfully. It's just part and parcel to who you are. You inspire me to be my best um, and not a day goes by. I don't thank my lucky stars for you, my friend. So really, thank you. Thank you. You're helping us all be safe, seen and heard and our true and very, very best selves. You take good care. Thank you. Thank you so much. And just one last thing, what you're doing on your teaching and your coaching um, is absolutely fundamental, fundamental to creating uh, connected cultures of love by design to create value for all. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Okay. okay. Very good. Take care. Uh, okay, friends. Um, the thought for the week, which we're going to back to Alan's mom, the purpose of life, love and be loved in that order. And a heartfelt thanks to all the folks who make this show possible. The team at Voice America, the talented Eric Patton, who's the driving force for all of Say It Skillfully, 
out in the universe. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Amplify Alan's voice. Reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 